Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Now, starting out in the male-dominated world of motor racing, my next guest was labelled a dolly bird, but she proved her detractors wrong by winning thousands of races in the sport and was the oldest ever person, she still is, uh, to race a Formula One car aged 73. Despite going through a few fairly horrific blows in her personal life, she continues to pick herself up and now in her 80s, she continues to live life to the fullest. I am so delighted to welcome international rally driving sensation Rosemary Smith uh, from Monday Motivation. How are you doing, Rosemary? I'm great, but listen, just I'll put you straight on one thing. Yeah, I was actually seventy-eight. Not Were you seventy-three? Seventy-eight. Yeah, when I drove the Formula One car, but it was just uh, well, it was just an experience, put it that way. But as for being a dolly bird, I suppose when I started out, because I mean I was dress designing and I was modelling and I was doing all these various things and. Uh, you know, wherever I go, and even to this day, I dress, you know, as I, you know, I dress smartly. You like to look your I, best, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And when I went rallying, you know, I always had uh, sort of the hair done, and even though you had to pull on helmets and all the rest of it, but I had the nails done, I had the face done, a whole lot. <laughs> and But in all honesty, when I was um, asked to join a rally team way back in the early 60s, um, it was because I looked like a dolly bird mm. and because the competition manager for the company that asked me to join the team, his cars weren't doing very well. So he saw this long leggedy, long haired, blonde thing coming in to I'm the first major international, having done a lot here in Ireland. Uh, we went to, we did the RAC International in England and then the next day I got an invitation to do the Monte Carlo Rally, which of course started in, though it started in England, but it ended up in Monte Carlo. Yeah. Um, this competition manager, he here I was driving in after all days and nights and days and nights over slippery mountain roads and snow and ice and everything else. And he thought, ha ha, now my cars aren't winning very much, but if I could get her to come and drive for me, and then even though we won't win, but at least we can get her draped over the bonnet of a car and the long legs, we can get all the photographs done. Yes. So this is how it all started. And I mean, I didn't think in those days that I was a particularly good driver. I knew I could sort of get from A to B. I wouldn't have been the quickest then because I had no experience, mm. basically. Well, anyway, so he took me on. First of all, I turned down the offer. I didn't want to know. And when I got home from the Monty and I told my father this other fellow had asked me to join his team, but of course I turned it down. 
And first time in my life I ever saw my dad really annoyed with me. And he said, how stupid can you get? Uh, but uh, unbeknownst to me, anyway, my mother wrote to them and said that I was very tired that's at the end of the rally. I'm sorry, but I did want to really <laughs> drive their rally cars. So that's how it all started. But, you know, when you're you're known then, you know, as being, I suppose, maybe the sex symbol, uh, as opposed to the serious racing driver, how do you then become the serious racing driver in people's eyes? How do you get rid of that sort of Dolly Bird uh, symbol? Very easily. By winning. <laughs> All you had to do was go out and win, and especially if you started beating the men. Now, I mean, I did have, uh, you know, quite a few men say, oh, you must have had the best car, or you, you must have had uh, everybody else sell out, or something like that. Mm. But you just keep going, and you keep going, and you keep going. And, you know, the more you can win, I mean, they sort of started looking at me with a bit more respect. And uh, one thing and another, but, you know... I. It didn't actually bother me, funny enough, because the only time I was really happy was when I was got into a rally car or a race car, shut the door, and it was me and the car against the world. And I loved that. I loved it. I love no. that image that you've just said there because that, that I can totally relate to what you're talking about. But uh, tell me, you know, about the, the first race because you started off as navigator and then you wanted to, to become driver yourself. But tell me about the very first race when you, when you, as you said, you became one with the car and you got behind the wheel. What did that feel like? Well, you see, it was just because I used to design clothes for this woman here in Ireland and uh, she wanted to go, her husband rallied and she wanted to go rallying and then she'd nobody to go with on this particular one. And she said to me, I mean, she was one of these sort of domineering women and she didn't say, would you like to come and do it? She said, you are doing this event of the weekend. So I said, yes. Well, I always knew how to drive because my dad had a garage in Rathmines and uh, he used to race a very amateur way and, and not very much because he didn't have the money to do it for one thing. And another thing, because he prepared his own cars, they didn't last very long. I mean, he might have been fastest in the first lap and then it would blow up in the second lap, that mm. unfortunate sort of thing. But anyway, so um, she said, well, we're going. But it was only when I got down to the start of the place down in Kilkenny and she said, uh, um, now you're going to read the maps. And I said, I can't read maps. I, I didn't. I was holding it upside down and downside up. And then, oh, she said, it's quite easy. Just do this. Just da, 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 da. So anyway, we started off on the event, she driving, and I was in the navigation seat. But every time that we went around a corner or took a, a, a turn, you know, I turned the map the same way, which, of course, <laughs> is the last thing you should do. So that was all right uh, until we ended up in the farmyard. And then if she was, uh, to say she was cross would be... An understatement. <laughs> an understatement, very much so. And <laughs> because my dad, he was uh, a Methodist, and we we never had bad language in our house. And I mean, I didn't know, I thought she was speaking double Dutch initially. <laughs> but then I gathered she was rather annoyed. But <laughs> So get out and you drive this little car. So I said, oh, that's bad. I knew how to drive. Dad had taught me at a very early age. So away we went. But then when we got near the finish, then I got out and she took over and we went in. So that was the very first one I did. But I thought, this is good fun. I like this. Good, you know, and all the roads were closed and you were sure that you weren't going to win. Hopefully you were sure that nothing was going to come against you, (laughs) which did at times happen. I mean, another car would come out of a gate or something and and turn into the rally traffic. But anyway, but that's... That's kind of, that was your first, say, taster of it, you know. But, uh, you know, when you were racing yourself, right, and, uh, you know, you're you're a serious uh, race driver at this stage and you're you're winning and you're... 
at the top of your career, let's say. What's going in through your mind, say, before a race? Did you ever have a mantra that you used to say to yourself? Did you believe that you could win? What was going through your mind as you were starting the race? Well, you see, racing and riding are two very different things. Racing, you're just on one track, like we have Mondello here, or mm. a few tracks up in the north, and you just go round and round and round and round and round in circles, and, you know, the fastest wins, yeah. basically, and that sort of thing. Rallying is a totally different thing. It can go, well, in our day, it used to go on for day and night and day and night and day and night, this sort of thing. It, it's not, they don't drive for such long hours any longer. Mm. But um, I just, you know, my thing was just get out there and people said to me very early on, oh, you take this much too seriously. And I thought, you know, it wasn't my car. It was um, Delphine's husband's car. And of course I took it seriously because, you know, you can't take, uh, you know, borrow something and then not take it seriously and also try to keep it in one piece, which is very important. But um, I didn't mind really what they said. I just let them get on with it and say if they like. But then, as I say, when I started to win and, and both. Well, I was I was a rallyist first. Yeah. And then uh, somebody said to me, Asher, any fool can be a rallyist, but to be a really good driver, you have to be a race driver. So then I went and I, I bought um, a little race car and uh, I was delighted with myself. First race I was doing in this was in Brands Hatch in England. And in the, uh, we practiced the day before Christmas or the t- day before that game. And then the actual race was on the Boxing Day, the you know, uh, so that was grand. And in the practice, I was, you know, I think I was on the first row of the grade or something. Mm. I was delighted with myself. So then Christmas came and Christmas went and then uh, went, got the car, went down to Brown's Hatch. And we, Brands Hatch has some awful hills in it. And there's one particular one called Paddock Bend, which is really downhill and a long sweep to the right. So, of course, I go out and I won the first to go out. But nobody had inspected the track at that stage and it was covered oh. in sheet ice. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, and I came out and, uh, you know, they were all coming down behind me and they were all slithering and sliding. I went down much too fast, actually. And then it starts to slide and just around Paddock Bend and it slid and it spun about half a dozen times and then it onto the grass and hit the bank. And I was left there sitting with like a chassis and four wheels and a steering wheel. And that was about all that was left with the car. Oh, my God. So, yeah, you, because yeah. you, you've, yeah. it's so dangerous. And you've definitely, as you've described there, you've come across an awful lot of dangerous scenarios in this. Yeah. Uh, were you ever thinking, God, I'm, I'm a goner actually now? No, no. <laughs> I think, oh, you know, hump or words to that effect. I'm now going to be out of this event. Yeah. No, you don't think, I mean, you know, I've tumbled down the side of mountains and, and um, you know, but the thing about rallying is that you have, it's very well, the cars have these roll cages and the proper seats and, the, of course, fire extinguishers and overalls and everything. I mean, they're making it as safe as they possibly yeah. can. But, uh, no, I, I would... I personally wasn't injured, but some of my co-drivers came off a bit worse for the wear. But anyway, we wouldn't have to do it. I couldn't be a co-driver to anybody. It's yeah. the most dangerous, nerve-wracking <laughs> thing. But then I, I couldn't. I'm, I'm, I'm even a nervous passenger in an ordinary situation, like going from here to there or somewhere else. <laughs> you like no, to be in control of the vehicle, I Rosemary. I do. Yes, yeah. I'm with and, you there. Yeah, and I like to be in control of my life if possible, but mm. I mean, sometimes that isn't possible. And uh, there are a few years that were a bit sort of turbulent, to say the least of it. And, 
Ah, oh, just, you know, it's life. Nobody goes through life without having ups and downs. Well, if, if they do, they're very, very lucky people. Yeah, because I was most, I was reading a little bit about this. You did suffer your fair share of hardship, which we won't kind of go into detail here. But, no. you know, you are, strike me as a person that, you know, you dust yourself down, you pick yourself up. Uh, Start you all know, over again. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I, you know, it's just one of these things. I, I suppose I'm very lucky that I have that sort of mentality. And all, there was one stage and I thought that I'm going to end this, this the easiest way. And uh, But luckily I had two dogs who knew exactly what I was thinking. They were sitting beside me and they looked at me, these big sad eyes. And I said, I'm not going to allow everybody well everybody was really to do with the banks and to do with some of the county councils and I'd lost my house and I'd lost a husband and one thing and another mm. and I thought oh, this. I think I'll, I'll just <laughs> I'll start all over again and it's been the best uh, number of years now that I ever had in my life I wrote the book recently it's called Driven yeah. and uh, I was up yesterday in the uh, Terenure show, a static car show. It was for the Samaritans because they're a, a wonderful concern. So every bit of money that was made up there went to the Samaritans. But it was just the most brilliant show. And people were bringing over their little children and saying, oh, this is Rosie and she used to drive these cars. And we had all the banners up in the photographs yeah. and so on. And I just sort of think, you know, it's wonderful. I, I'm really having a ball <laughs> that's and, fantastic. Yeah. And even, um, you know, after everything, I mean, that's that's fantastic. But, you know, if you could go back, right, in time and have a word with child Rosemary, OK, about the life that you have lived, what advice would you give to childhood you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, one thing is, and I, I say when I give talks, to, uh, what they call these motivational talks. Yeah. That's one thing that's I what you're doing now. Do. <laughs> well, that's part of what I do now. But you see, I'm also an ambassador for uh, Renault, Renault Cars. And it was through Renault then that I did the Formula One drive. And uh, But I would say to people, you know, go for your goals. I mean, if I, going back then, had said I was going to be a pop star, <laughs> I would have been locked up on the spot. But no, I mean, look at the kids now. They're 15, 16, they're up there. They're, they have it. They're so full of confidence. And, uh, you know, I if I were to go back and say to the younger self, listen, don't be put down all the time. Because, like in those days, remember, you called your aunts and uncles auntie this and uncle that and your mother and father's friends or Mr. and Mrs. this and Mr. and Mrs. that. And, you know, we'd be horrified if, if one of my friends would come into the house and call my father and mother, oh, yes, Jane or John, you know. Yes, yes. I, I, I thought of stand, waiting for my mom or something to lash out at her and say, you know, I'm Mrs. Smith to you. But no, it, it's just a different word. I, I couldn't really answer that question because it is so different. But I do say to, to youngsters, you know, if they go and they do something and then they realise that, you know, I'm not really happy doing this. It doesn't matter what in your career you're doing. Just, you know, stop and say, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to do something, something, something. And, and it's try. never too late. No, it's never too late. Look, <laughs> it certainly isn't. I'll be lazy too uh, next month. And Look, I'm going out. I did a rally there recently yeah. in a, a wonderful car. It was a Sunbeam Tiger, uh, 4.7 litre engine. That's a big engine, in other words. And we had the best time of our lives. And right through this month and next month and right up to October, 
after about, I don't know how many events, which I'd be driving in, I'd be, you know, just going to the shows, I'd be guest speaking at them. You know, I just, I do everything I'm asked to do, basically. And now. You're, you're living your best life, Rosemary. That yes. has to be said. Well, Absolutely. listen, thank you so, so much for joining Absolutely. us today and giving me a much needed boost as I start the week ahead. And keep driving and keep living your life to the full. And thank you so I much will. for being Monday Motivation no, today. Thanks a million. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 What a wonderful woman she is. 82, is that what she's after saying to me? Oh my God, she definitely could teach us a thing or two. Rosemary Smith there. Much needed Monday motivation. 11 to 1 on LMFM with Gilmore's Kings Court. Test drive the awesome new Mercedes-Benz A-Class today at Gilmore's Kings Court. See it. Drive it. Simply awesome. That's the Mercedes-Benz A-Class at Gilmore's Kings Court or gilmores.ie. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.